Wow, I love worship at Grace Point. I could, that was a hoedown, right? Okay, did you know, Janelle noticed this, Pastor Edgar was doing that by memory. Well, there's a little sheet up here, so maybe, but I think, I don't think he was looking at it very much. I'm delighted to be home. It's good to see you. Everybody doing okay? Now, there have been some people that have started coming here since we were here a year ago. So if you don't know me, I'm your brother in Christ and I love you. Good enough? Okay. I want to tell you today about Haiti, but I have been burdened by the Lord that I am not just to share a deputation service with you today where I just tell you about what God's doing in Haiti, because although it is, it's a beautiful thing, and we are going to talk about that, the Lord has been reminding me that what he is doing in Haiti, he wants to do here today. And um, I would just invite you to have your heart open to what the Lord is saying to you today, Okay. A lot of people know about Haiti. Haiti's had a lot of media coverage. You know that Haiti's like south of here, right? Everybody got that? Everybody knows that it's an island nation located between Miami, Florida and South America. Everybody got, you got that, right? Everybody knows that it's like east of Cuba and it's really, really hot there this time of year. Everybody knows that, right? One of the guys was talking to me before the first service, and he noted that I had a tie on. And he said, you know, we don't really have to have a tie here. And I thought, well, that's really good. But for me today, it's so I can stay warmer. <laughs> We're used to it being, oh, I don't know, 25, 30, 35 degrees warmer than this. So if I start to shiver up here, you'll know that um, I need a blanket as well. <laughs> Everybody has a perception of Haiti. And, you know, I've been watching. I love to watch people, and I love to watch how people relate to situations. And our perceptions, they really, they really dictate a lot, don't they? Our perceptions of ourselves, of others, of our experiences. And people have these perceptions about Haiti. Haiti's had a lot of exposure since the earthquake in January 2010. Um, Approximately 300,000 people died in that earthquake. Can you imagine that? Isn't that like all of Fort Wayne? How many people live in Fort Wayne now? Anybody know? 300,000 people? 350? 300,000 people died in Haiti in an earthquake. I've lived there for a year and I still can't wrap my mind around that. But I'd like to paint a picture for you today of what Haiti is like. Because I had some perceptions of Haiti before we went. And some of those were accurate and some were terribly not. I remember traveling with a missionary. We had been in Haiti for just a few weeks and he was traveling with us, a missionary from the regional office. And we're driving along and he said, I thought Haiti was like totally deforested. And I'm like, dude, yeah, me too. And we were driving down this tree-lined street. And I had heard that in places in Haiti, people eat mud or dirt because they don't have any food to eat. Well, there are places in Haiti where they do that, but it's more for trace minerals that are in the soil. And I still wouldn't try it, but that's what some people do. 
But what do you think of when you think of Haiti? I mean, it's not likely that everybody here this week thought about Haiti. Is that a fair assumption? But if you think about Haiti with the media exposure that's been there for the last couple of years, what do you think about when you think about Haiti? It's because it's very likely that some of your perceptions are true and some are not. Do you think of Haiti as the poorest nation in the Western Hemisphere? We are that. We don't want to be known that way, but that's what we are. Do you think of people with nearly nothing? Some are trapped in some of the worst poverty I have ever seen. I have never witnessed such hunger. When you think of Haiti, do you have um, thoughts of substandard housing and poor sanitation and cholera-tainted water supplies? That's who we are as well. Sadly, the pictures that you're seeing are not exceptional. Those aren't just in one particular little location. Most of what we saw on a daily basis is what you've been seeing. I learned recently from medical personnel in Haiti that the, um, the disease of cholera, which is a waterborne disease, can take a perfectly healthy adult from perfect health to absolute death inside of six hours. Ha- cholera is going on in Haiti right now. When you think of Haiti, do you think of a nation that is still reeling from the earthquake that occurred in January of 2010? There are still pancake buildings all over the place, and there are many, many, many piles of rubble. There are hundreds of thousands of people who live in tent cities. And we spent some time in the tent cities, and I have to say it is the worst piece of living I have ever seen. After the 2010 earthquake, mass graves had to be dug in a couple of locations outside of Port-au-Prince. It was estimated that 300,000 people died in those earthquakes. That's one of the graveyards right there, mass graves. Unfortunately, the, graves, the, the mass graves don't look like that anymore. It looked like that a couple of, about a year ago. But now those grave sites are totally covered with weeds. Most of the crosses have fallen down. You see, for a lot of people, very few people know where their loved ones were buried. If it was this graveyard or a couple of others scattered around Port-au-Prince. And because of that, nobody cares about the condition of the graveyard. It's a sad thing. It was difficult for me to see that. It, was, it, it made me grieve, not just to see a mass grave, but to see a mass grave that was not taken care of. There was a part of my heart that broke when I saw that. Actually, I have to say there's a part of my heart that is broken by a lot of what I've seen. Haiti is not an easy place. It is not comfortable. It is not convenient. It is not optimal. And I have to tell you, I lived, I grew up in Fort Wayne, Indiana. And I have been in culture shock for the last three weeks. You know, you know, when you go someplace and you're going to live there, you have to acclimate, right? And so I have acclimated to Haiti. And so I'm just wondering why you all aren't walking on the roads. And I'm wondering where you put all your trash. <laughs> and I'm wondering why you don't have piles of rubble all over the place. Don't get me wrong. I'm not complaining. But I got to also tell you, I mean, you guys just had a, you're in a drought, right? And I was told that it was really, really bad here. And so I'm equipping my mind for really, really bad, like Haiti really, really bad. And I'm still thinking, so where is it really, really bad at? 
Don't get me wrong, I'm not dissing on anybody. It's just you have to, you have to acclimate to where you are. That particular slide that you see right there is actually the Capitol building in downtown Port-au-Prince. The Capitol building was destroyed in the earthquake, and it is not being rebuilt. There's another story of that that we won't go into. Haiti's not an easy place. But what I'm seeing in Haiti is that, and it's the same here, the conditions of a place is not really the place, right? The conditions that you've been dealing with and coping with is not really who you are, nor is it true for Haiti. You see, as, as best as I can tell, Haiti is this really great image of the resiliency of the human spirit. But I see it as more than that. It's, have you ever, I mean, you had a thunderstorm here recently, right? Like this last week. Did you hear the thunder in the distance? Did you hear that? See, I see Haiti kind of like this rumbling thunder off in the distance that just tells us that, that something's going to change and that God is in the process of bringing a healing rain like we just sung about shortly. You see, David said this about God, and it's my testimony. Joe Wozniak came up right after the service pastor and said, Brother Lane, where's that scripture at? It's in Psalm 34. And I have read this and I have sung this. The song today paralleled this passage in Psalm 34. But I have really seen this with my own eyes in 80. This is what it says. Can we put that up? on? The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. I don't quite understand it really. I haven't wrapped myself, my mind around it. I haven't figured it out theologically, but I believe that in some kind of a special way, the presence of God and the presence of the Holy Spirit is where brokenness is. Have you ever experienced that? I have just seen that all over Haiti. Haiti is probably the most traumatized place I have ever been to. But traumatized doesn't mean the lack of the presence of God, right? Traumatized means it's a place where things are really, really rough and a place where God's spirit really, really, absolutely wants to intervene. God says this in 2 Chronicles 7.14. You know this passage. I'm pretty sure you do. If my people, 2 Chronicles 7.14, if my people who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Would you like to kind of grab onto that promise? You see, I'd like to grab onto that promise for Haiti. Would you? I'd like to grab onto that promise for the United States of America. I would love to see God heal this land. And I don't mean just making our economy better. Sure, that'd be nice. I mean, heal this land. Where this land of the United States of America would become some kind of a spiritual superpower where God's presence would permeate God's children and would just ooze out into our society. And some of the dialogues we're having to have now and some of the political correctness we're having to deal with would not be an issue anymore. Would you love to see God heal our land in that way? I would love to see God do that. I would love to see God do that in Haiti. And I can list off for you a number of other countries that I would love for that passage right there to be an absolute, total reality for them. 
You see, what I have seen is this. God takes dust and God takes brokenness and God takes fear and God takes hunger and thirst and uncertainty and somehow in a way that only God can do it, God, it's really through the turning of his children toward him, God creates amazingly health and healing. I've got to confess something to you today. I have been struggling about this particular sermon for at least three days. And this is why. You see, in a missionary service, the way we're supposed to do it is we're supposed to come in and tell you what God's doing. And God speaks to you and then you do something with that. But God's not just letting me do that. You see, what God does in one place, he wants to be communicated so that his children are hungry for the same thing. You get that? It's not just, and I have had people, because I've been a missionary for a number of years, I've had people that have come up to me after a missionary service and have said to me, man, that is just so cool what God is doing there in that place. I wish God was doing that here. Or I I wish I could have been a missionary and gone to that place. And when they said that to me, I I thought to myself, we have just missed something here. Because you see, the the passage that we just read in 2 Chronicles 7.14, that's not just about Haiti. Although we can look at Haiti and the environment there and say, whoa, God needs to heal that land. Or we can look at the United States of America and we can look at our, look at our government and we can look at our politics and all the stuff that's going on and say, whoa, God needs to heal our land. But here's what I know about the scriptures. God doesn't just say that for a nation. God doesn't just say that for a situation. God says that for his children. He says that for you. How awesome is that? So you see that passage that talks about, I will heal their land. I don't want you just to leave. Please hear me say this. I don't want you just to leave here and say, whoa, those slides of Haiti were terrible. I can't believe that kind of living. Or wasn't that fun to watch the kids at the end of the video? You're going to see the video in a bit. Wasn't that fun to see them rejoicing? Wasn't that just so cool? If you believe here saying that, you will have missed what God wants to say to you. And here's what I believe God has been really bugging me about. God wants you to see what he's doing in Haiti and allow that to permeate your life and say, I want to do that there. It's not just about something that's out there happening in another land. It is amazing what God is doing. Do not get me wrong. But God wants to do amazing things in your life. Amen? He doesn't just want healing and hope and those things to occur in a land really not very far from the southern border of the United States of America. He wants that to happen in Fort Wayne, Indiana. And it's very, very likely that he wants that to happen in your life today. Please hear me say that. I've got this video I put together. It's kind of a rookie job. I'll confess that. But I I want you to look at this video with me. I love the song. This video kind of reflects our experiences in Haiti. But as you look at, this, as you look at the pictures, and, and I've been told 
that if, you, if you're thinking about adopting, maybe you shouldn't watch the video. I want you to look at the images and hear the truth of God's word in this song. And then let God work in your heart as the Holy Spirit would want to do in your life today, right now. Would you please watch this with me? The children at the tail end of the video are kids that live in a tent city near where we live. Uh, they were at a feeding program. And they rejo- were rejoicing that God was providing a meal for them. For some of those children, uh, most of those children actually, they will know three meals in a week. And they were rejoicing because God and the children of God cared enough for them. I have seen God take brokenness and bring healing and beauty. I have seen heaven invade the most difficult of the human situation and redeem it. And I stand here this morning to say to you, if God can do that in Haiti, in one of the most desperate situations in the world, God can do that in your life here in Fort Wayne, Indiana. If my people who are called by my name. I know of a lot of people who spend some pretty significant blocks of time and resources to address the question. We all know it's there. It's the question, what do you think of me? And we don't ask the question outwardly, typically. But the question's there and it's driving us at times. But in a land like Haiti, where pretty much everything is stripped away, I have been reminded of the value of shifting that question to another perspective, the perspective of God, where we say, God... What do you think of me? I was in a sermon, in a service at St. Mark. It's the hottest place I think I've ever been, I think. The preacher was preaching a sermon, and I didn't know the Creole well enough to really figure out what he was talking about. I was picking up pieces of it, but not all of it. And people were so responsive. And so when the service was over, I went up to the pastor and I said, tell me about the sermon. People are really responding. He said, we were talking about how God writes our name on his hand. And the people rejoicing and celebrating That there is a God in heaven. He's not just the creator God. He's not just the God that set this whole thing in this whole process spinning and then walked away. He's our living, acting, loving God. Writes our name on his hand. And he thinks of us. See, the question really isn't, what do you think of me? You may think I'm talking too long. The question is, what does God think of me? The question is, what does God think of you? And so, I'd like to ask you a question today. And I recognize this is probably the most unusual deputation service you've ever been in. The question is this, 
Is there anything in your life that is broken that God would like to heal? I've been a part of this church family since 1983. Much of that time has been in other places serving as a missionary. I have seen God there and here bless and heal and strengthen and renew. And as one of your own, I feel compelled by the Spirit of God today to make an invitation to you. Because I believe that just as God's healing touch is evident in Port-au-Prince, Haiti, God's healing touch can be evident right amongst us here today. See, God wants this service to be more than simply a report about what he's doing in Haiti. God wants this to be your appointed time with him. If I could, Gary, I I hate to ask this of you on the fly, but could you bring up that special song that Edgar, could could you pull that back? If you can, just raise your arm and let me know that you can do that. Here's here's what I want you to hear in in closing. Um, There are are passages in the, the, the epistles of Paul to the various churches. And I don't know if you remember these or not, but in these epistles, Paul, he makes this comment, and it's often in the first chapter, and he says, I want you to know that what you've been doing has been heard about. I want you to know that your walk in the Lord is encouraging those around you. As, I, as I've watched these songs, and Pastor Edgar, they were perfect for today, thank you. They were beautiful, beautiful songs. This, this song that we have sung earlier, I feel, is the word of Haiti for this day to the church assembled in the second service at Grace Point Church of the Nazarene on a rather warm, but not that bad, July. It's not that bad. (laughs) I'm still cold. It's God's word to us today. Can we put those words up there, Gary? Can we do that? I love that. You see, I think as I was watching this and singing this with you today, I just thought, you know, if... If the church in Haiti could say something to you today, I think this would be it, wouldn't it, Janelle? You see, if God can take a land like Haiti, a place that is so ruptured, a place where Hundreds of thousands of people are displaced. I mean, it's not just like they're going camping. I mean, they live in almost nothing. And they can have joy. (laughs) And they can have peace. And they can have hope because God is their defender and their deliverer. If he can do that there, my goodness, he can do that here today. And I think... That if the believers in Haiti, if the brothers and sisters of Christ, that you will someday meet in heaven, if they could speak to you, if their letter could be communicated to you, it would, it would be this. 
And so since they're not here, I'm the best you've got. Call upon the name of the Lord. This is for you today. This is not just for them down there with rubble and brokenness. This is for you in Fort Wayne. Because although there's not piles of rubble and trash around that I've been able to detect, there is brokenness, let's be honest. There are fractures. There is pain of all sorts. So call upon the name of the Lord. Because He's our defender and He's our deliverer. It's not our society. The Congress is not going to fix our nation. The laws will not make it right. And as much as I have an opinion about the the elections in November, not even that is going to rectify it. What will change our nation? What will change any nation? What will change our relationships? What will change any relationships? What will change our hopes and our perspectives and our dreams? Will be when God is our defender. When God is our deliverer. Because he's the shelter in the midst of the storm. Do you know in Haiti, in the tent cities, when the rains ramp up, they grab whatever possessions they have left, and they are few, and they hold on to them as the rain waters, including raw sewage, sweeps through their tent once again. Shelter in the midst of the storm. You're not dealing today with raw sewage. You're not living in a tent city that's the size of a large TV in America. But you may have a storm. And he is the shelter. He is our king overall. Can I see the next slide, please? I love this song. Next slide, Gary. God is our refuge, our strength and salvation. A mighty fortress is the Lord Almighty. The church in Haiti wants you to know that today. There is no equal. There is no power beside him. Forever our champion is the Lord our God. He is your healer. He is your deliverer. He is your defender. I've seen it done in Haiti. And perhaps he wants to do that today in your life. So this is the invitation. I'm going to ask Pastor Brady to please come up. I ask you to close your eyes, please, and bow your heads. Would you call upon the name of the Lord today? If there's a place of brokenness in your life, if there's a struggle and you're needing a defender and the things around and the ways you've tried to maneuver, just, it's not working. Just be honest with God. It's not working. He, He is your defender. He is your shelter. The altar is open. If you'd like to come forward this morning and pray, you're welcome to do that. Or if you're in your seat and you say, I I don't know that I can get up there. I'm not sure my knees can handle it, but I need a deliverer. I need a healing today in my life. If you just let Pastor Brady know by raising your hand, I'm sure he gets somebody to you to pray with. Pastor Brady, there's three people. Just keep your hand up, please. Pastor Brady, can you get people? Anybody else? Somebody's come to the altar already this morning. See, God just, he wants to be your hope. He wants to be your shelter. He wants to be your healer and your provider. He wants to be your deliverer and he wants to be your defender. I'm so, so glad that he is.
Let's just bask in the presence of the Lord today. As you ask him, God, when you see me, what do you think? What do you think?